If you enjoy Our Sinclair and want to support the show, please visit our page at patreon.com slash OurSinclair. Hi everybody, welcome to Iris and Claire. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Midnight Resistance. Ooh, that's what I do when it's time bedtime. Yeah. I'm doing my best to resist going to sleep. You hate sleeping, don't I you? I do, I hate it more than anything. Yeah. Because it's empty time. Mm-hmm. And you know what I really hate is being tired. You know, because that means you've you got to go to bed. Yeah. Like, i got crap to do. Have you, al- have you always been like that? Even when you were a kid, you resisted bedtime? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's always killed me. Uh, and when you had to get up at 6.30 in the morning, every morning, mm-hmm. you know how this is, you're a schoolboy, yeah. and do your thing. Of course, I got a long drive. Mm-hmm. It's, it just sucks. And, and the thing is, I drive, in the old days, when I worked in Charleston, I only drove like about five minutes from the house to work, so I could go in like about half loopy. I'd be okay. When you're driving 40 miles, oh. you need to be fully non-loopy. Yeah. Loopy, especially when everyone else on the road's loopy. Around here, it's crazy time. So now I'm friends with a, uh, with quite a few night owls, yeah. and each of them seems to have a time where they hit. You know, when they're at their inspirational peak, when they're when they're able to stay up real late. When is that time for you? My inspirational peak was probably about 1992 because mm. I haven't hit it for a long time. <laughs> I'm uninspired, boat is what I'm saying. No, really, in the old days when I worked the day the night shift, mm-hmm. that I would get, I would, I would really would get real good to go around 1 a.m. I was like, man, I'm ready. Uh, but now. Uh, you know, there's always things I want to do, but it's always like during the day I get more done in the, in the evening and late night. I'm just so, usually so tired. You know how, well, when you've got a kid and you've got a job and there's all the things that a dad has to do, it's tiring, you know. And, and by the time, so normally what I used to be with my prime time air and I'd run out of gas, mm, you know, it's, mm. it's irksome. How about on the mountain though? The mountain? The mountain, it was all, it was all go all the time, you know. That's what I call the old unemployment days. <laughs> when you're like an un- when you're a bum, and mm-hmm. there was a period there where I had no job, I was just a straight up bum. That was there's part of everything about that's great, except for the no money. Everything else is glorious. Yeah, do whatever you want, eat, drink, smoke, just go crazy. It didn't matter if you if you do whatever you want. What I used to watch seven. I routinely would watch seven or eight hour Japanese uh, MMA shows. They just go. I just leave. I just start them in the morning and watch them all day. Glorious. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's part of being an adult. I yeah. had to grow up a little bit. Yeah. I hate to say that. I hate came to think, I can't imagine I'm saying it. What about you? you? You don't touch me as a night owl. No, no. I'm very much the opposite. My midnight resistance is quickly broken. Yeah. Uh, you I got mean, like 10, 10 p.m. resistance. Yeah. I, I went to bed at 11 last night, and I woke up at 8.30 this morning. Oh, man. Slept, See, slept great. Ironically, I went to bed at 2 a.m. and woke up at 8. Mm-hmm. So I, I was ready to go. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, speaking about ready to go, let's talk about this week's game, Midnight Resistance. Now, do you remember, uh, Boatster, that when we looked at this on the Amiga, we looked, we actually covered this about 100 episodes ago. Really? Yeah, we did, man. Oh, we did this as a combination with Shadow Warriors, I think, I right? I no, think it was I a two-in-one. No, I think this was its this own was by show. itself? Okay. Yeah, I, dug, I dug it out. Okay. So, this is sort of our second girl, although this game is entirely different than the Amiga version. Mm. That's what aren't you? So this came out in 90, Boat. And of course, Ocean was behind this this one, as you would imagine. And uh, this was ported over by an outfit called Special FX Software Limited. And originally, this was based on an arcade game uh, by Data East, which we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, this came out, of course, for the Amiga, uh, the Amstrad, which uh, Amstrad apparently the port was directly 
ported from this, I think. it was. It, I know the Amstrad version is not considered very good. Mm. Uh, an Atari Boy, an Amstrad port from the ZX Spectrum, that the, just sounds the Amstrad horrible. Got, clearly, and it, with our limited American dumb guy knowledge, the Amstrad got repeatedly screwed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the C64 got a copy of this, and also the Genesis, mm. the Mega Drive, got a, got a run at this. Uh, this came this came out, and now, but you got two versions of this back in the day. You got your disc version, that's fourteen pound ninety nine p, and then you got the uh, the tape nine pound ninety nine p. So you're paying an extra five dollar for that for that discette. And then when this went to budget, you were looking around four four pound. Not too bad, eh? Uh, now this was programmed by sort of a legendary guy, Jim Bagley. Uh, who is a well-known uh, programmer. He was responsible for a lot of uh, games that were based around horrible movies. Uh, he did he did uh, uh, Hudson Hawk, <laughs> Red Heat. That's another one we're kind of about Red Heat. Now, uh, we just we just talked about Cobra yeah. on the Amigos. Where yeah. would you put Hudson Hawk up there against Hudson Cobra? Hudson Hawk's better than Cobra, okay. that's for sure. Uh, he also did Roadrunner, and he also did a game that we both love, World Class Leaderboard Golf. Yes. So that was one of his. Uh, the graphics on this were done by a fellow named Charles Davies. He's another pretty well-known guy. He did, amongst, aside from the fact that he also did Hudson Hawk and Red Heat, uh, he also did the uh, Flight Simulator uh, games and Batman. And the music for this, Keith Tinman, also was involved in Hudson Hawk. It's a Hudson Hawk triple threat right mm. there. He also did uh, Cabal and Batman and Toki, which we've played down. Yeah, very, very there. good arcade game, Toki. So... Uh, as I mentioned, this came out uh, in the arcade from Data East. It's one of Data East's, uh, 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 I don't want to say premiere titles, but I mean, it was what it was. Mm -hmm. It was a fairly popular title. And so, you know, this came for straight from Japan. This was released in the arcade in 89, so it came over at the Spectrum in 90. So, not too, that's a pretty good turnaround. Yeah, poster. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you had, uh, uh, that had a two player co op mode, which is, that's kind of cool, the arcade, I should say. And, uh, it's set in a dystopian future where the player controls a member of a resistance movement who goes on a mission to rescue to rescue his kidnapped family from a drug kingpin. That happens in West Virginia every day. That's true. This That's... is this is a common occurrence here. You know, you got drug kingpins and, and hostage families kidnapping. Yeah. Now get this boat, and I, I had to mention this because you're a music guy. In the arcade version of this, uh, the two the two brothers on the mission to rescue a family from an entity known as King Crimson. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if that was a coincidence or if there was a Japanese prog rock fan uh, over there. Someone's in the halls of the Crimson King. Yeah. And another one, a 21st century schizoid man mm -hmm. was another one of their songs. Yep. Were you into King Crimson at all? No, they're, they're, their artwork scared me, so I never it listened scary. to it. It is yeah. scary. And something else about their stuff is it goes on. Yeah. Like it, it, I mean, it's good stuff. Uh, who was their guitarist? He was a really famous guitarist. I'm oh telling yeah, you, we, we toured with Bowie. Yeah, it's killing me. I can't think. But I mean, of his he name. was a, he was a good hand. Yeah, you, you know? gotta you gotta set aside some time to listen to King Crimson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this game controlled differently uh, in the arcade. Uh, this had a ro rotatable joystick, uh, AKA Akari Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You need that. That would have been awesome because uh, without it, and this has been the true in every version. It's not the same. And you could have actually given this the old uh, Smash TV treatment, mm -hmm. and it would have worked pretty well, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so that, that's, that's, a, that's a problem that, that you will run well, into on this. I mean, have you ever played any games that have the dual joystick that are platform shooters? Because I don't know how well that would work. You know, I don't think I ever have. Yeah. Now, we had... Uh, have you ever heard of a game called Heavy Barrel? Uh-huh. 
Uh, we had that at the pizza place I worked at, so I played it quite a bit. And it had one of those rotate, rotary joysticks on it. Right. And it works. Those work real well, surprisingly well. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you really don't even need that second stick. Uh, so I mean, if, but I mean, no home version is going to have a, a you know a rotary stick. Yeah. That's, that's the bummer. Um, as I mentioned, this was done by uh, Special FX Software Limited. Uh, the, uh, and these guys specialize in a lot of these crazy movie games. Uh, this Just a few of the games that they, they uh, did uh, were uh, The Untouchables. Remember that game for that? Mm -hmm. Hudson Hawk. They did Robocop 2. They did uh, uh, Red Heat, Batman the Cape Crusader. Uh, they did a game called Guts that I vaguely remember. Nickelodeon think, Guts? Is that what? No, I don't think that so. That rad American Gladiators for kids? I don't think so. And oh. uh, these guys were in Liverpool, by the way, in okay. case you were wondering. So that's that's where they were at. Uh, and they were... they you uh, Ocean used them to uh, do a lot of their little stuff. And eventually, Ocean... Basically, Ocean made them, and Ocean eventually basically took them back over mm. and folded them. So there you go. So that's what happened to them. So I thought that was kind of neat, though. Mm -hmm. I like a company that has a specialization. They, yeah. do, they do all the crazy movie games. So what do you do in this game? Now, I'll, I'll tell you for starters, having not played this before and having played the arcade version and the Amiga version, this looks like nothing like the arcade version. No. Uh, this is a complete do-over, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, where the a lot of the other versions I tried, they tried to basically make it look like the arcade. They, in this, they didn't give it. A, they didn't give it any shot at it at all. Right. They sort of made these guys. It's almost like I don't want to say it's chibi, but it's like they're like the tinier, well, well, I mean, version it, of, of the actual I, game. I think to this game's credit, they they did not try to make it look too much like the arcade game. Instead, they tried to focus on how can we redraw these graphics to work with the strengths of the system. I think you're right. I think you exactly. I, I, I think Bailey, the, the guys knew what they were doing. Yeah. Because I don't think the Spectrum could have didn't have the jack to pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, how does this thing play? Well, you get an option when you come up for a, a myriad of controls. You've got to pull all everything represented. Yeah, multiple joystick adapters. I didn't even try this with the keyboard. I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, this is gonna be the week. I just it goes straight up stick. Mm -hmm. I wait because I knew having played it, I knew how this was gonna go. Uh, you play a lone. Uh, uh, a midnight resistance fighter on a on a as they said on a trek to go and get your family from the drug dealer. Now, uh, at the beginning of this is and the levels in this are very similar to the arcade. I actually went through and watched an arcade playthrough before I played this, and they did a good job of simulating the arcade levels in this graphical style. Yeah, and uh, you at the very beginning of the game, you I love the bit at the beginning where you get on top of the jeep and they got the blonde guys driving. He's mm -hmm. running over these suckers. Yeah, and you're on the jeep. And you're shooting guys. I love that too because it's entirely optional. Like I, the first couple times I played it, I, I I disregarded the jeep. In fact, I thought the jeep might have been an enemy. And then I was like, hey, what? looks like I can jump on the back of this thing. And then I was like, woo! And it was great. You realize you have played this before. Well, it's been like 16 <laughs> well, years. I know. It has been. It has been. It has been. It has been a while since we did play it. So, uh, this is one of those games. I mean, this is not reinventing the wheel. You run through the levels with your gun. You upgrade your gun, which we'll get to that in a minute. And you try to avoid enemy gunfire or, get, or getting rammed by the enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, but they do a good job of adding a lot of different twists and turns. Now, I, I, full disclosure, I did not get extremely far in this game. I got to the second boss battle, mm -hmm. and then I, I never could get past mm -hmm. it. This game is not simple. Uh, in fact, well, it is. It is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. And, and I'll and I, which I've got a beef with that, but I'll get to that in a moment. Now, uh, uh, 
as you go through the game, you can you'll come to a place where you can basically you're collecting keys, and the keys are used to upgrade your weaponry. You've got an in-game store in this. That's game. right. Well, it's it, which is strange. That that whole thing is weird. That there's that, plus I mean, I by weird, I hope you mean cool. I assume that the keys. I don't think it's an in-game store. I just think you're raiding someone's armory, right. and the keys open a lot. Right, the, but it functions as an in-game right. store. So, I will tell you right now, at least on the, the when I played this, there are two weapons. There's one weapon in particular you must have. The triple shot. Mm -hmm. If you don't have yep. that, you're gar human it's garbage. It's much like Contra in that respect. It's much like this guy has is shooting three bowling balls. Yeah, yeah. Is he this... <laughs> Mm -hmm. The sprites for these things are massive. Yeah, yeah. And you're throwing these bowling balls out. The other thing you can get this thing called shower. If you've got a, did you ever get the mm, shower? I never got the shower. The shower rains as you're running and hitting the button, it rains bowling balls from above. I love it. So you got you and you can have four million of these bowling ball sized shots on the screen at once. It which is that's the way you need it. The, you need all this because this game is incredibly cheap. This is one of the cheapest most infuriating games I've ever played. Mm -hmm. Guys will crawl right off screen. The bad guys come in at the last second. You can't yeah. dodge them. They mm -hmm. come in firing. Uh, they will come in over and over. They don't just stop after you shoot them. And there's so many parts of this game that you can't actually get past unless you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, you basically have to memorize the levels, mm -hmm. all right, mm -hmm. which I did not do, you know. Uh, and so that is infuriating, mm -hmm. boat. It just drove me nuts how cheap this game. What, what did you, you know, before we go any further, what did you think about the the presentation, and what did you think about the overall gameplay? Well, I, I think your complaints are valid, but yeah, I you got that right. But I think that uh, if you look at this as a game of its time, this every run and gun game uh, from this time period relied on the same cheapness of the enemies. Um, no. You don't think so? I don't think mm. that. No, this is ultra cheap. Did you get Pat? Did you get to the part where you're crawling into the tunnels to go down to the conveyor mm -hmm. belts? That was and first of all, it was cheap well before that. I want to make that abundantly clear. Guns that at second they come on screen, they fire yep. at areas they know they're going to hit you, so you instantly have to react. Uh, uh, vehicles that just show up and just run you over the second they show up on the screen, they just yeah, run right I mean, over you. They're if, firing. If you look at a game that you like a lot, Bad Dudes. It's you get nothing the, like it's, this. It's very similar. No. You get all kinds of cheap, cheap tricks. The guys and cheap don't. Nonsense. First of all, your guys more central, and secondly, they don't come on. This is far cheaper. You think so? Oh yeah. Mm. Something else you have to cope with in this game, and I'll get back to you in a second. But since you don't have a rotary dial in this game, gunfire in this game is a chore. Yeah. Because you're you're literally moving your stick in a in a circular motion to fire. This is this hurricane is, and aim. Yeah, this is something that I want to talk about a little bit. So your your guy does offer an impressive amount of shooting positions. Yeah. Um, more so than I think I've seen in any any shooting game in terms of you can actually be crouching down and fire backwards. Mm -hmm. And you can actually walk in a backwards crouch, which is very humorous to like put your guy in a crouching position and have him inch backwards as he fires. Yeah. Um, the problem is, like you said, is that it, you have very little, you do have control over where your guy is positioning himself, but it's very awkward. And I don't yeah. know how you overcome that because I think that you, they, they wanted to put that in because it is in the arcade game. Yeah. But um, there's no way to accurately position yourself, especially with the amount of time that you have as these guys are rushing on screen. Yeah, and on top of everything else, you have to have the abilities, because the way this game is made, since they made it like the arcade, like you said, 
you have to shoot backwards. You mm -hmm. have to shoot diagonally upwards, backwards. Right. You know, and so without that rotary shooting mechanism, because inherently the controls in the cigar are good. Yeah. Right. You know, something I was thinking of is maybe, maybe the solution would be to have, um, maybe the keyboard is the solution in this game where you have, uh, you know, S is sort of your center and you, you go around to E, D, C, W, X and, and all of those, I don't know, man. There's just, there's no good way to do it. It's, this is, this, another one of these games, Mercs is another one that, that was, that got translated. No, it's another one I had, we actually owned Mercs. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was uh, familiar with that. And, and, and you, when you don't have that rotary shooting ability, it's a problem. Uh, and so that makes these games hard to port. Now, I'm not killing this game, okay? I, but I, I do think there's plenty that I don't like. But I think they did as good a job control-wise as you could do given the parameters they had to work there with. Are, there are some things that I really like a lot about this All game. Right. The worst thing about this game is the difficulty and the cheapness, okay? Yes. So beyond that, the levels are very well designed. Uh, they are, I'm not familiar with all of the levels of the arcade game, so maybe they were just, you know, crimping from the from the arcade game, but none of the levels are extraordinarily long. Yeah. They're all varied in the way that they look, uh, especially with, you, you know, you come to a, a system with limited graphical ability like the Spectrum. Uh, there are so many Amiga run and gun games that we've played. Uh, Alien 3 comes to mind where all the levels basically look the same, just like a series of corridors. And this, you've got different environments. Some levels you're out in space, some you're, you're in sort of an organic type thing. Uh, and of course you have your typical warehouse type levels too, but everything, it looks different and exciting um, while you're playing. And that, that, that means a lot. Uh, with this game, I don't know, you'd have to be so good in order to, to get to where you need to get unless you're using some sort of poker cheats, which I'm sure are plentiful. Uh, yeah. Um, the thing that I don't like about this game is that uh, you, when you get hit, like for example, in the end of the first level, you've got to climb a ladder to get to the final area, okay? Yeah. As I was climbing this ladder, I got hit by a stray bullet and I lost all my keys. There was no way for me to climb back down the ladder to get to my keys and I was unable. If you can't get those upgrades, you're screwed. It it's punishes over. failure. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, all that said, I can, and this is a pretty popular title, mm -hmm. like we'll get to. I can see why. All right, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll spell it out again. I like to look at these things with '80s eyes or, or '90 or whatever. This game it, it plays a fair. It plays a fair game. It's cheap, but the controls and the weaponry you get can can overcome the cheapness. Right. Okay? Right. Graphically, there's a lot going on. I found it difficult to follow with my eyes. Okay, but I've got a, eyes from 2019. Uh, but it, it 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 does a good job at showing you what's going on. It, the scrolling is fine. Uh, it sort of scrolls one screen. How it work? It works fine. You don't mm -hmm. even think about it. Yeah, know? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any issues with the way the scrolling yeah. happened. In fact, I didn't have any issues. The game moves slowly. I mean, this is this is not an ultra fast moving. Your guy doesn't move with the speed of light. Yeah. However, uh, I didn't have any issues. I didn't have any less fun with this because of the speed of the guy or the enemies. Oh I thought no, it was fine. No. The arcade game is not super quick mm -hmm. either. To be fair, uh, but this is one of those games that I can see someone buying. Uh, when it came out, and sitting around and playing it and getting good at it, uh, and, and and thinking this is a, a good quality title, and it is, uh, and because this is the kind of game that you could sit around and if you played it long enough and you memorized all the levels, it's like just like eight eight levels, uh, you would and you could become a really good player at this game. Mm -hmm. For someone like us who would come in 
for a week and play it. It's a difficult game. I had trouble with on, on the other system as well. And I'm not good at the arcade version either. In fact, I think we actually played the arcade version live, didn't we? It seems like we played it. Uh, so, uh, uh, but I think they compensated for the the Spectrum well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's there's a game here, a good game. They it, used it, the complete palette, you know, yeah, a lot the of the levels. Not, is... It's not the best, but it's not hideous. They did the best they could given right. the limitations. I played the 128 version of this, mm-hmm. and it's got some good tunes, man. Mm. It's got a t- it's got a continual tune. Oh, that's plays. great. You know, and it it's, it sounds pretty good. I was pretty impressed with that. And you know, I don't normally play the one twenty eight set, but I found I was like, I'm gonna just go try it. Yeah. I wanted to hear what kind of music it could get. It was good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, since they based this uh, on the arcade, you've got a lot of the, the they've kept the good variants of the arcade, the different variants of of gameplay this platformer has to offer because it does do some unique stuff. Did you ever see and, this machine in arcades? Yeah, yeah, I did see it. I don't think I ever played it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a big fan of these kind of uh, Contra-style yeah. games. You know, I did play a lot of Heavy Barrel, but I worked right beside one. Mm-hmm. I've got that, even now, I've, that demo screen, I've got it memorized. And every time the guy in Heavy Barrel would get killed, I'd be like, you idiot! <laughs> I've seen him die so many times, <laughs> right. you know, stupidly. Uh, but, I, I, you know, this one was tough for me uh, because uh, uh, I could see why people liked it. I didn't hate it. It was 100% playable, but it was so cheap and uh, and goofy to play that I'm not sure I'd go back to play it again, mm-hmm. if, if the truth be told. But I can see how people you know dig it. Um, I looked at some reviews on this thing, Boaster. Uh, the people over at World Spectrum loved it. 8.38. Mm. Uh, Your Sinclair gave this a 94. Wow, and high said, praise. And said this was... Uh, Visually and spiritually, this is the one of the closest arcade to Spicky Ports you'll ever have the joy of encountering. They really liked it. Crash gave it a 93. Brilliant, they said. The Games Machine gave it a 92%. Your Sinclair gave it a 92%. Uh, the uh, Sinclair user gave it a 90, uh, and then it went back in 82 to it, but still initially a 90. So these scores were off the charts. Right across the top, it got it. You know, it got a. Uh, it got all the. It made the. Uh, it was number eleven in the Your Sinclair Reader's Top One Hundred Games of All Time. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Uh, so it was obviously pretty popular. Um, I also had a look on eBay on this, uh, and I saw none available, but one had sold for twenty bucks with the tape in the box. So what do you got for user reviews on this one? Oh, we got quite. Quite a few on the old uh, Discord channel. All right. Uh, Spence QLZX says, Midnight Resistance, an admission up front. I'm not a big fan of push scrolling from the get-go, less so when you can barely make out enemies. Maybe it's because I remember playing this back in the day and not liking it. Even Bionic Commando is better. Or maybe I'm grumpy because the kids woke me up early this morning. (laughs) But something about Midnight Resistance on the Specky didn't get gel with me. It's frantic, the music is above average, and the sound effects sound robbed from head over heels. And yet, I can see why people love it and come back to it again and again. Who doesn't enjoy lobbing bowling balls out of a gun the size of a pea shooter? Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly, yeah. This morning, anyhow. Social inertia and fear that I'm just not hip with the cool kids and not liking this Nike trainer of a game means I rate it 7 out of 10, although secretly, I'm thinking 5. I know. Shame on me. This Never guy, be afraid. Spence has a future in magazine reviewing. Absolutely. That's a, that's straight out of a old magazine, mm-hmm. that review. Graham Vebke says, Having played the C64 and Amiga versions, and to be honest, I don't enjoy those, what is up with this scrolling? 
The sprites are also way too bloated and almost kid-like, and there's no music on the version I played. Maybe you need the 128K version for that. Yep. At least the sprite detection is good. The graphics otherwise are fine, and there is color clash, and the keyboard controls are responsive. It's the scrolling I can't get over, and in, this, and in general, this is not for a forgiving game either. So good luck getting past the second stage without <laughs> cheats. Yes. Not something I will play again. Five out of ten. And finally, the one and only Chris Fold says, A game that is held in high regard, but not one I've played before, being only familiar with the Amiga and arcade versions. It has nice graphics, but a couple of things kill the fun for me. The scrolling is awful. You jump into a screen and get ambushed at times, and on the keyboard, I had difficulty at times shooting in the correct direction. I never felt fully on top of the control system. Overall, a meh for me. 5 out of 10. That's interesting. They all gave this a 5. I mean, more or less. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, uh, the scrolling was mentioned. And that's one thing that I didn't bother yeah. me in the least. Maybe I'm just used uh, to, to me, the single screen scrolling. I, I would be more towards a 7 in this game. I think that this is, you know, obviously the, the difficulty is an issue. But I, I, had, I had fun playing what I did, even though it got frustrating. And if I had an infinite lives code, and if I could continue right from where I died infinite times, uh, I think it would be a fun, a fun little afternoon. So many of these arcade ports on, across all systems are so, done so poorly. I think this was done very well. Mm -hmm. I mean, think, this is a total rework. And so I, I'm not going to, I think it's, I think seven is uh, for me. You know, and again, you've heard my criticisms, but I think I can see a seven. I think five being straight down average. I I, I think this is an above, well above average. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, Aaron, I just want to uh, thank all of our supporters that support uh, Iris Sinclair on Patreon or on PayPal. Uh, Andrew Waite, Jeff Owen, David Spencer, Captain Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather. Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels of Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassall. And uh, if you like our Sinclair, don't be afraid to uh, let somebody else that you know that's involved in the specy just let them know about the show. We're trying to uh, expand our audience and, uh, and give everybody a chance to hear uh, the only weekly Spectrum show from uh, a West Virginia basement. Yeah. So far. <laughs> so far. So far. Um, and of course, uh, if you have any feedback for us, you can email us at feedback at rsinclair.com. And uh, if you want to listen to the audio version of this page or this show, you can go to anchor.fm slash rsinclair. All the links to all the podcatchers are on there. So. And if you get a chance to drop us a review, on Apple iTunes, that'd be glorious. Yeah, iTunes or really anywhere you can review podcasts, uh, it's always appreciated. And if it's a good review, even better. That's right. That's right. Aaron, next week on Our Sinclair, it is Puzzle Slash Strategy oh, Week. Oh, boy. Yeah. And we are going to play a game uh, chosen by our illustrious Clive's Club, the uh, Patreon group. Uh, Deactivators is the name of that game, Aaron. Deactivators. Deactivators. Weird. I never yeah. heard of that one. Eh? Yeah. So we'll have to check it out. Puzzles. You know that is my strong suit. It is. You're, right. Puzzles, strategy, gr and graphical role playing. You're a puzzle and an enigma. That's right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you then. Until next week.